Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing, probably worth a Google. You are recording, Bunny. Are, are yes, you, I am. Am I correct in that assumption? Okay, it's just that's happened before. Anywho, it's episode 259 of the show. Quite impressive. Sometime soon, uh, we're going to have to start thinking about our 300th episode, and that's uh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. So this episode, this episode is an episode of surprises. I go a different direction for act one, for Shap, something completely different. Uh, And I think that 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 ties in with our very different movie. This is a very different sort of movie. Which I love very much. And. Uh. For some strange reason, I've been saying over and over again, like there's one line in this movie that I've just attached myself to. And I'm not exactly sure why, because it's not that funny of a line. I think I like the line so much because it's so realistic, because in the 80s, I grew up, you know, I was raised by cable television. And so a lot of what they do in this week's film is just so right on the nose. And just the just the line that the robber says, shoot, they got Umbro security systems. I love that <laughs> so much. That 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 could easily be on an actual commercial, you know? Yeah. I feel like I've seen that. So, and then uh all day I've been planning our uh our plans for the summer, because we always go for a theme during the summer yes and uh, we have in the past batted around a number of different ideas but today a completely new idea came to me once i woke up and i've been working on it all day all day okay uh you know how hard it is you know how hard it is to track down the 1967 movie Teenage Mother? It is hard! <laughs> but I, I've, I've, I've got an idea for this summer, and, and I, I will be telling you all about it at the end of the show. So okay. be sure and stay tuned until the end, because I've got it, quite a different show to go with our different movie. Buddy! Yes! I am immensely proud to say that this week's episode of the Pope on Film podcast will actually shockingly not start out with a depression-filled look at American life under quarantine. Yes! This week we will be starting off the podcast with non-coronavirus, non-life-is-shit, regular-ass news, and not like this isn't like that other time, uh, like a few weeks ago when I said, hey, it's going to be happy time. And then I said, like, really depressing bits of news. No, this is true. We are we are going to dis- start off this show by discussing some non-COVID-19 news with a segment we like to call the Pope on Film News Smatterings. Okay. Non, non-coronavirus edition. 
All right. Very excited about this. Very excited about this. Bunny. Yes. Uh, Dame Judy Dench. Yes. Has recently opened up a little bit about her experience filming 2019's highest grossing film of all time. I'm, of course, talking about the musical movie Cats. Yes. In a recent interview with British Vogue, or as I like to pronounce it, Vagui, because I don't believe that any letter should be silent. I, I believe that all letters should be heard. Yes, I do. I, I, I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Dame Judy Dench admitted in British Vogue that she still hasn't seen the movie Cats, but expressed anger at how the film made her look, quote, like a battered, mangy old cat. And she also admitted that the costume she wore as old Deuteronomy felt, quote, like five foxes were fucking on my back. <laughs> and you know what, Judy? That is so great that, you know what? You can have the dame back. I said when we did two episodes dedicated to the movie Cats, I asked if it's possible to take away the title of dame from yes. someone. If they do something horrible like kill a million puppies or act in the film Cats. But uh, her being so honest about the movie Cats, you know what, Judy? You can have the dame back. Yes. It's a, it's a uh, good line. She, it's it, five foxes on your back. Fucking is is just is a line worthy of dameship, if you ask yeah. me. She is just being really direct and to the point about the movie Cats. The same can't be said for other people, namely the writer of Cats, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber has been uploading. Um, his own Broadway musicals for a limited time on YouTube throughout this entire pandemic, like on a Friday, you know, Oh, look at this. Here is a recording of the London premiere of Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. It'll be up for three days and you can watch it and, and, and then it'll disappear. And, and he's done Joseph and he's done Jesus Christ superstar. He did, uh, uh, what else has he done? Phantom of the Opera, Love Never Dies, and he just recently did By Jeeves, which which we discussed a couple of times on the podcast. And then uh, recently he just did Cats, the musical, a filming of it from 1998. And he recorded live commentary of Andrew Lloyd Webber watching Cats, the musical from 1998 and discussing it. And when Bustopher Jones, the fat cat, appears in the musical, Andrew Lloyd Webber said, quote, do not be beguiled by other versions, other versions with unfunny interpolations, which I begged to be cut out. Okay. This song, 
this song is not about coarse jokes. And it is also about taking the song at the right speed. And basically, this is Andrew Lloyd Webber's very hoity-toity British way of saying, you know what? Fuck James Corden. (laughs) So, like, I don't like James Corden in the movie Cats, but I kind of like him more now that I know that Andrew Lloyd Webber hated his ad-libs and hated the way that he sang it. Like, you know what, Andrew Lloyd Webber? Fuck you. I I, I I don't think you can lay the blame for the suckage of cats on James Corden. Yeah. You know, I mean, please. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, sh- there's a lot of shitty shit in the movie Cats. I am, of course, not talking about Skimble Shanks, the railway cat, because that song's a banger. Although, although also- we have realized that our cat, Sparky, is not a jellical cat. Yeah? How do you know that? He has an asshole. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. That'll that's, do it. that's the one thing. Yeah. That's the only determination I can make here. Yeah. Jellical cats do not have assholes. We absolutely do not. Yes, you are correct on that assessment. Bunny. Yes. Very excited. Very excited to be saying this. Uh, The animated show Close Enough has finally been given a release date. Now, uh, I for one could not be happier, but let me explain. So in 2010, the Cartoon Network premiered a new animated show. It was called Regular Show. And it was by series creator J.G. Quintel. I love that cartoon so much. And it's uh, a bird and a raccoon, and they work at a park. Their boss is a gumball machine with arms and legs. Okay. One of their friends is High Five Ghost, which is a Pac-Man type ghost with an arm coming out of his head so he can high five people. Really bizarre, crazy stuff happened to them, but they're but they're very much sort of human also. Crazy things happen to them, but also the relationship between the two best friends is very real and they talk in a very realistic sort of way. I always appreciated that. The show ran for uh, eight seasons, and they also did a full-length movie. The cartoon was a big, big success. We have talked about it before on the show because there's one episode where they get re- they get really good at a video game, and they they because because they want to beat the high score that these punk teenagers have the high score of. So they get so good at the game that not only do they beat the high score, but they're close to beating the world record. And then suddenly a giant floating head appears and it's the head of the high score keeper. Who's a guy named Garrett, Bobby Ferguson. And the floating head looks an awful lot like the asshole who had the donkey Kong record. That fucking guy. What was his name? Billy Mitchell. Yes. So Billy Mitchell sued the show regular show and went to court 
to sue for like trademark infringement because the character looked too much like him. And the judge did like this beautiful bit of shade when, when the judge finally delivered her verdict, which is there are some differences between Billy Mitchell and the character Garrett Bobby Ferguson. Example one, Billy Mitchell isn't a giant floating head that comes from space. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's fucking great. So Billy Mitchell lost the lawsuit, which is great because nice. he's an asshole. Anyway, I love the show, regular show, and the show was a hit. And as the show wrapped up, a number of networks wanted a piece of the series creator, J.G. Quintel. Eventually, TBS Superstation announced a brand new show called Close Enough. And it, it, it was humans, and it's a young couple, and they have a, a young child, and they, they it, it's also, you know, crazy, and they get into adventures. And the creator, J.G. Quintel, said that it's, it's humans and not animals and crazy creatures, and yet it, it it feels very much like it could be set in the universe of regular show, and I got really excited about that. Okay. That basically this new show, Close Enough, was going to be sort of an adult version of regular show, and I was psyched about that. So TBS announced a brand new show, Close Enough. The full season was done and animated and ready to air. And it was set to premiere on TBS Superstation in summer 2017. Okay. A date was never set. Nothing ever came out. Eventually, TBS said, yes, close enough. A brand new show premiering on TBS in 2018. And then 2018 came and went and nothing happened. By the time 2019 came around, TBS just stopped giving dates. Yeah. Eventually, TBS is just like, we're not telling you shit. And I got really pissed off about that. Uh, So now this week, the series creator, J.G. Quintel, announced that Close Enough will be premiering this summer on HBO's new streaming service, HBO Max. And I'm and I don't have HBO Max and I'm not getting HBO Max. I'm just happy that this goddamn show finally has a home, you know? Yeah. I saw the preview for Close Enough in 2017 and I got psyched about it. I showed it to everyone. I was super excited and then nothing for like years and I was pissed off about that, but now there's a date and it has a home, and I'm just excited, you know? I'm just excited that it's finally coming out. Yeah, up. yeah, but coming to somebody's live streaming, who the fuck cares? Yeah. It's not like you're going to be watching oh. it. Yeah. Also, Bunny, here's an interesting business story for you. So even before COVID-19 came along, AMC theaters wasn't doing good. Right. They were wildly, insanely in debt, but they said, hey, it's all right. We're going to bounce back with a strong 2020. Well, <laughs> that, that didn't turn out well for them. As it is right now, AMC can stay in business until roughly around November. And then this week out of nowhere, there was news 
that Jeff Bezos and Amazon have had talks about purchasing AMC. Okay. And so and so the news media went nuts and they were freaking out and oh AMC getting a reprieve. AMC owned by Amazon. What will an AMC theater own? What will an Amazon movie chain look like? What will be the fundamental changes? And so AMC stock actually went up from these rumors that that AMC theaters was getting bought by Amazon. Now there's some confusion about it because there is a possibility that the article might have been wrong and they were talking about the other AMC. The as other... In the, as in the cable network. Okay. American movie, movie classics. classics. So it's unclear as to whether or not Jeff Bezos and Amazon are going to be purchasing AMC. I hope that it does. I hope that they do. I mean, if he's going to become the world's first trillionaire, then at least you can do is buy fucking AMC. You know? The first trillionaire. I, I have such a problem with that. I, I... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. He, he, should, he should just be killed on the spot. Nobody should have that much money. No, no. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous is what it is. It is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Bunny, uh, related to the end of the related to the end of the podcast, do you have a copy of 1979's Salem's Lot by any chance? I do. You do? Okay. Then I'm gonna turn that on to save some time. Okay. Uh, forget I said anything. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, also, Bunny exciting news in the world of being psychic i am psychic yes yes you are numerous yes i am um and let me tell you why ddt wrestling in japan announced this week that they are working on the world's first ever professional wrestling match done entirely over zoom okay and i swear to I swear to God, I made a joke about that a couple of weeks ago. We discussed it. Yeah. We discussed Zoom wrestling. Yes. Yes. I swear to God, I predicted it right here on the show. I predicted that shit. So once again, there are people out there who are professional psychics who do not have the proof of their psychic ability like I do. And this is yet another bit of proof that I am, in fact, psychic. And speaking of wrestling, Bunny, uh, I know that I said that uh, I I I spend a lot of time ripping on the WWE because it's run by a seventy-four-year-old Trump-supporting millionaire with no heart at all and a history of racism, and walks but like he's got a load of shit in his pants. Yeah, yeah, but but. The WWE did recently do something good, and I feel that I should rightfully acknowledge it. Even when a, hor- it, when a horrible person does something horrible, then I will uh, rip on that horrible thing. But also, you should also give horrible people credit when they do something good. As much as Donald Trump is a rapist, racist asshole who is destroying the nation and should be stopped, 
one good thing he did, he 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 stopped my daughter from vaping. Okay. Because he's basically like destroying the vaping industry. You know, like the 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 you got to be twenty one and over now, and he's cracking down on like flavored vaping products. And it's like, you know what? You're an asshole, Donald Trump. But also, good job destroying vaping. <laughs> you know, you did one good thing. Yeah. So, so you know, kudos to you for that one good thing. Uh, so, Becky Lynch is a red-haired, Irish-born women's wrestler who, over the course of the last few years, has easily become, without a doubt, the most popular wrestler in all of the WWE, including okay. the men. She's just the most popular wrestler out there. She she was she was undefeated for the longest time, but the WWE didn't know what to do with her. And then one day they did an invasion angle where the, the women from SmackDown showed up at Raw and started beating everybody up. And it was an accident. Nia Jax accidentally uh, elbowed her hard in the face and broke Becky Lynch's nose. But she got the blood on her nose and just rubbed it all over her face and like this badass thing. Yeah. And suddenly she was now she's the female Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. And, and she she carries pay-per-views and everyone just absolutely loves her. So she's the women's champion right now on Raw. And the pay-per-view that just happened was WWE Money in the Bank. And Ashka a Japanese wrestler won the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. And I really like that because Ashka is one of the best women's wrestlers in, in all of women's wrestling. And she's incredibly talented and she's an amazing Japanese wrestler. But here's the part that I love the most about her. She has her own personal YouTube channel and it's fucking adorable. Okay. <laughs> and it's just her... And then she goes to an arcade and she plays games. There's an episode where she go, she's in Vegas and buys a coat. There's an episode where, where right after WrestleMania, she went to her home in Florida and opened up a crate of Mexican candy and tried it out. Okay. So, so it's a Japanese wrestler who barely speaks English in Florida, eating Jap eating Mexican candy. The crazy thing is that you know she she would try and say the names of the candy and stuff. She doesn't speak a lot of English, but every once in a while she would perfectly enunciate a word in Spanish. Really? Yeah. Every once in a while she would just nail the name of a candy, and it was like, "Ooh, good job! You you pronounced that perfectly." So Ashka won the women's money in the bank ladder match and so last week i think on raw becky lynch came out and she had a big announcement and she thanked the wwe universe for for uh accepting her and making her so popular and accepting her into her homes and that's why this is difficult to say she is stepping down she is going to be leaving the wwe for an indefinite period of time so she called ashka out and ashka comes out and they have since said that none of this was uh, 
um, Ashka didn't know about this in advance, but she came out with her money in the bank briefcase. And Becky Lynch said that she's happy that Ashka won. And why don't you open up the briefcase? And so Ashka opens up the briefcase and the women's championship is in there. And she gets okay. all excited. And it's like, I won the championship. And, and uh, Becky Lynch goes, yes. And I know you're going to do great. So you go out there and be a great champion because I'm going out to be a great mom. And they both freak out and they start hugging each other and they're crying. And it's a, it was a sweet fucking moment. Yeah. And it's really adorable. And it's just, oh my God, I loved that. And as much as I hate the WWE, I got to give them credit where credit is due. And credit is very much due here because somehow they did not fuck this up. You know? Nobody stormed out with a steel chair. No, nobody stormed out with a steel chair. They're not turning this into a bit either where like, oh, who's the father? Oh, that slut, because she's engaged to another wrestler, uh, Seth Rollins. So I was worried that they were going to turn it into a bit like, oh, I learned that Seth Rollins isn't the father. Who's the father? Could it be The Miz? We'll find out at the next pay-per-view. No, WWE's just not doing any of that. Cool. 10 years ago, they would have done that. 15 years ago, they would have done that. But right now, they're just not doing it. Becky Lynch is gone. She's going to go have a baby. And then Seth Rollins is still a bad guy. He's not like a good guy now or anything like that. No, they're doing it right. And I just need to, you know, I, I, I'm, still, I, I'm still under the, the belief, because I've been hurt by WWE so many times before, that... Uh, Vince McMahon is going to find a way to fuck all this up. Yeah. But they haven't done that. They're doing it with dignity and class. And I just got to say, you know, like, hey, golf clap for you, WWE. You actually did this right. Good for you. So, yeah. So, so I, I just wanted to mention that one, one final thing. Cool. Uh, last bit of non-coronavirus news. They're doing uh, Becky Lynch's pregnancy right and good for them. And that's it for the Pope on Film news smatterings this time around. And it's such a nice relief to, to not start off a quarantine episode of the podcast without some doom and gloom, you know? Yes. Happy about that. A little bit of a, little bit of a spring in my step. And cut on that. Funny! Yes! We still have a big show to get to. We have Bunny Versus. We have a very special steve's historic approximations and an amazing movie that we got to discuss but before we get to any of that maybe we should take a break should we take a break we should take a break all right i'll take your word for it we will be right back with more of the public film yeah. Thank you, Maxwell. And break. If Bob had a world of his own, it would be full of nonsense. Nothing would make sense. Nothing would be what it is. Because what it would be is what it isn't. 
and country-wise, what it is, would be what it is. What wouldn't be, would be, you see? When I was little, we used to move all the time. I would write these notes and I would fold them up really small and I would hide them. What'd they say? They were just like things I wanted to remember so that if I ever wanted to go back, there'd be a piece of me there waiting. doing the Terminator theme. Yes, it was. <clears throat> Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you ready? Are you, and raring to go? No, but let's do it anyway. All right, then. Well, without any further ado... It's time once again for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. Uh, it's a way. It's a way. It's definitely a way. It's a way now. Now it's a way. Oh, it's going away. It's a way. It's sailing away. Uh, it's a way. Yeah. So how are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. 
I'm pretty excited because uh, this week was the last week of uh, distance learning for Maxwell. Okay. So he is now officially done with second grade. Maxwell had a big panic attack on Friday because I was like, hey, today's your last day of school. I'm so excited. Yeah. So when you go back to school, you'll be in third grade. And that's when it hit him that when he didn't fully grasp it, but he it hit him like a ton of bricks on Friday when he realized that like, shit, when I go back to school, I'll have a new classroom, a new teacher, whole new people. Yeah. And so he had a he had a rough time with that, but we got past that. I'm happy to to have some time off from my teacher job. Yeah. Teaching Maxwell. But uh I would like to rant a little bit about Maxwell's teacher, uh now former teacher, okay. Mrs. Hare. Mrs. Hare? That's, that's your teacher's name? Yes. Miss Rainey. Yeah, she 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 barely had any interaction with the parents before COVID-19. Okay. So when COVID-19 hit, it's like wow, it's so weird not hearing getting help from the teacher. You hear all these things about all these teachers out there and they're having zoom class with their kids and trying to get them interested online and all of that and there was just none of that at yeah. all for me i just got uh here's a sentence of what you could teach him for math today and it's like i it, i really struggling near the end of maxwell's second grade i i i got really lenient on what could be considered a class okay. like oh look Maxwell and Eleanor are playing quietly in Maxwell's room. They're playing with Legos. Legos are shapes. Shapes are geometry. Yes. This is math class today. <laughs> Dad, can we go play the trampoline? Sure, that's PE. Have fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dad, can we watch a movie? Yes, and I'll put on an animated movie. And you know what animation is? Art class. <laughs> so I, I'm really happy to not be teaching anymore. Uh, I've I've seen I've seen uh, Emerald and Amber a, a decent amount this week, you know, because uh, they've come over and hung out once or twice this week and and so it's nice being able to see my entire family again yeah the negative part is that i don't know when i will be seeing them again after yesterday because Whoa. amber works at kohl's and kohl's has opened back up and uh i'm gonna tell you now kohl's is gonna be a hot spot yeah yeah, because I'd say roughly half of the employees are uh, elderly men and women age 55 and up. Okay. So high risk, number one. Number two, they cater primarily to upper class 
to upper middle class Karen and boomers who think that this COVID-19 business is just nonsense. Okay. So that's number two. And number three, from what I hear from Amber, is that everyone has to wear a mask. You can bring a mask from home or you can use one of the masks that the store provides, which are absolute shit. Yeah. Absolute, like, the worst. And also, they are supposed to wear uh, uh, plastic uh, disposable gloves while they're on their shift. And I thought, oh, well, that's good. So you guys will be changing that all the time? And and uh, Amber says, no. Whenever we help a customer, we're just supposed to put uh, hand sanitizer on our gloves and then just keep wearing them throughout the day. And it's like, then they're doing nothing. Yeah, no. The gloves are for show. Yeah. That's that's to make customers feel better, but that's not helping you as an employee out. So that's worrisome. So I'm I'm uh, so yesterday at work, Amber was there for a full shift and two employees went out sick while Amber was there. One employee uh uh just couldn't stop sneezing and got a bit of a fever the second one was vomiting like crazy okay and had to be sent home so it already sounds like her store is just full of the freaking covid but thankfully my daughters are so awesome that amber is like dad i just got off of work i wanted to tell you what happened at work and i wanted to let you know so that you don't feel bad when i don't come over this week Okay. And it's like, no, I, no, I, like, I'm sad that I won't be able to see you this week, but I'm honored at the fact that you're thinking about me. Yeah. You know? So, so that made me feel better. So, so yeah, that's been my week. Uh, Eleanor, Eleanor, stop singing. Stop humming that copyrighted song, please. Okay. (laughs) okay thank you so that's 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 me uh how are you doing bunny uh i've been pretty okay until just very recently um yeah i i so so first kind of the good part uh friday working coming toward the end of my day and i was like get off at five 4.15, 4.15, if I take the edibles now, I should yeah. just start getting high when I get off work. And I hit that dead fucking solid perfect. Nice. I am literally nice. starting to get high as I am logging out of everything. And when I successfully logged out, I am out of work. I am gone. It's all over. I was staring at my monitor, not sure what the fuck I was supposed to do next. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Solid. Perfect. Yeah. Good job. 
But then I had a I had a boil that I did not realize was going critical on me because I was high. So I wound up coming down from the high into immense pain. And then uh, as will occasionally happen, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes it happens. Like my body has just been wrecked ever since. Like fucking <coughs> dealt with the pain for the rest of Friday pretty much slept all through Saturday and frankly I could do that again today you know cuz I'm just exhausted yeah so that's how I'm doing in all good but this other shit comes up it's not so good yeah ups and downs strikes and gutters yes now what I really kind of wanted to talk about this week and it may not be a very long money versus because I really do not have this all worked out. But okay. I, I am working on a theory and I don't completely have it fleshed out. But I'm starting to really believe that the reason America is the way America is with all these morons and nutbags and we don't want to wear masks and all that is because we here in America. Do not use the word twat enough. That's a good theory. Okay? I really think that that's what the problem is here. You know, you don't quite see what we're seeing here in in the United Kingdom, and you don't see it much at all in Australia. Because they have the positive use of the word twat. Oh, yeah. They drop that all the time over there. So these types of people already know their twats on some level. Whereas here, we've been hiding that fact from them. We've been allowing them to have their stupid ideas and their stupid politics and haven't let them fully know that they are, in fact, twats. Yeah, yeah, I, I can get behind that. Because really, what is a Karen? Is a Karen anything other than a twat? I mean, I think you can use these interchangeably. Yeah. <coughs> and they're offended at Karen. Yeah, yeah, they're offended at Karen. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that upsets them. Yeah, okay. You're not a Karen anymore. You're just a fucking twat like you've always been. Too goddamn stupid to know right from wrong and think you're more important than just anybody else. You're a twat, Karen. Yeah. Okay? Do you feel better now, Karen, knowing that you're a twat? Is this making things nice for you now? I hope so. <sighs> yeah, I, I am I am one hundred percent down with that. And and that is really all I had there. Like I said, it's not fully fleshed out. But I do think that that's a big part of the problem here. Yeah, no, it, it it's a strong position. It is a very strong position. 
Um, other than that, I really haven't been following much going on in the world because I, I haven't wanted to start screaming again. You know, yeah. uh, there's, there's like absolutely no part of life that I like anymore. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <sighs> So we'll just keep it short. That's it. Fuck you. Fuck you, Karen. You're a twat. Yeah, I'm all right with that. And cut. Cut on that. Okay. Buddy! Yes! If you're like me, then you're no doubt a fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film, but only real fans, true hardcore fans, would know two big things, two fundamental facts about the both of us, America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the honest and in no way made up on the fly fact about you, Bunny, is that you are in your spare time a grief counselor, but not like a typical grief counselor so explain to everybody bunny what is your specialty as a grief counselor some people do not know how to properly grieve they tend to hold it all inside and and that's not good and that's not healthy and that's where where I come in, because I help people grieve uh, by constantly reminding them of their loss. So I will come in and be like, hey, Joe, heard your mom's fucking dead. Phil. Has it, has it, has it feel not to have a mom, Phil? Huh? Oh, Bobby, your girlfriend died? I heard she died horribly. So that is that is my form of grief counseling to to actually get people to the grieving process. Yeah, as as quickly and expedited as possible. Yes. Yeah, I support that. I support that one hundred percent. Bunny, while I continue with this opening, I just sent you something on Messenger. You need to open it up. Okay. Uh, and the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to take a a bit of history and, uh, maybe a bit of history that people don't know about and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, dun, dun. Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name SHAP. It's short but powerful. It's like the Jonathan Livingston Seagull of podcast segments. But unlike the book Jonathan Livingston Seagull, this podcast segment isn't just for white. (laughs) And so this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, I've got a big surprise for everybody. 
It's a recent piece of coronavirus, coronavirus related news. It's a small little blurb that they threw away during a news broadcast. And uh, something that I saw in the news, something that I believe is a very historic moment in time, which I fear will be lost amongst the dead body, that so okay. many people are dying and that this is such a historic uh, time that the little details will be lost in the history books. And I don't want that to happen. So I believe that this is a very historic footnote. And I don't want it to be lost, but in order to fully explain this piece of history, I wanted to do something special, something we haven't done in a long time. So, Bunny, guess what? I wrote a play! I, I, I have only, heard that. Not only that, I wrote it on my freaking blog! Yes, you did. Use this thing in forever! I haven't used this thing since uh, 2018, it says here. So... I have written a play about this amazing moment in history. So do you have it up on your screen, Bunny? I do. Okay, good. So let's, uh, it's right here on my blog. I wrote new script for the podcast, 5-17-2020. Now I will read this and uh, everything will make sense. Okay. Title, The Locksmith. This is a short play with three characters. A locksmith named Steve, the locksmith's wife, Natasha, and a newscaster on the television. The locksmith and his wife live in Las Vegas. This is very important. They live in Las Vegas. Steve will be playing the part of Steve. Bunny will be playing the part of Natasha as well as the newscaster. There is also a phone. This is important. Although the story is based on a real event, the story, all names, characters, and incidents portrayed in this production are fictitious. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, is intended or should be inferred. Also, Steve was a little bit high while writing this. You will probably notice that in the <laughs> writing of this play. It's still an amazing play. You probably will tell that I was a little bit high. Interior Vegas house day. Natasha, that's you, Bunny, is watching TV. Boy, I sure do like watching TV. Mm -hmm, gee, I wonder when my locksmith husband will be home from his work, which is locksmithing. The door opens. Steve enters. Hello, Natasha, my wife. Your husband is home from doing locksmithing and work that is related to the world of locksmithing. Oh, my amazingly handsome and great-smelling husband. Steve is home. Oh, should have put a comment there or something. I missed it. I will now embrace you as all lovers do sensually. <laughs> I already love this so much. The two share a tender, sensual embrace. How are you, my locksmith husband? Are you in a happy mood and we can start vigorously fornicating as we always do after working time? Should I put on my assless pony costume, my husband? That, that's kind of your catchphrase, just to let you know, Bunny. I thought okay. you would really like it. 
Nay, my amazing wife, nay. Delay that sentiment. We have, we must have a serious conversation now. I am filled with such dread now. How serious conversation will we be having now having my husband? A very serious one. <gasps> oh. Say it. Audible gasp. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really proud of that part. My wife, I must admit truths to you now. My locksmith business is not going all of the good. We have been losing money. The money runs away, and we don't know where it is going because we have never seen money run away like this. We have tried using nets to catch the money, but it is no use. We are running out of good business feelings. Times are hard. Oh, I am sorry to be hearing those words in my ear cavities. My sexy and strong husband, Steve, what do you deduce is the reasoning behind the decline in businessing? Is it the fault of the Internet? Yes, my buxom wife. It is the fault of the internet. Kids these days are too busy porn-hubbing and club-penguining to care about modern-day locksmithing. Oh, no. This is all the sad. I am cut to my very core. Nevertheless, I still support you, my amazing and talented and good-smelling husband, Steve. Maybe we should have a sad round of procreation. Should I put on my assless pony costume, my husband? Yes, my wife, Natasha, maybe you should. The TV blares loudly. Do a different voice now, Bunny, because now you're the newscaster. Attention, attention now. Suddenly the phone rings. We told you it was important. Wink. Steve picks it up. Hello? Who is it that is phoning me? Is it you, Money? Who is it, honey darling Snooky Face? It is Caesar's Palace on the Las Vegas Strip. You know how all the casinos have been ordered to close, honey? Yes, I I seem to recall someone saying that through a television device recently. Well, apparently, since Caesar's Palace has never had to close before, their doors have no locks on them! They want me to rush to the strip and install locks on all their doors right now, and they are willing to pay me big bucks? Big bucks, you say? Why, those are bigger than small bucks. You are correct, my amazing wife. In fact, I am now getting a second call. 
It's from every other casino. They all need locks. We are no longer going out of business, my dear. Now we are successful and rich. Oh, what a joyous day. We should violently fornicate to celebrate such a momentous time. Should I put on my assless pony costume, my husband? Natasha, my oversexed wife, this is no time for pony play. I must be off to do locksmithing things in a way that only locksmiths can do. Farewell, my husband. We will sex when you are finished. The end. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> Applause all around. What an amazing, amazing play. I know you're all blown away, but that is true. The casinos of Las Vegas had to close because of COVID-19, which brought about a unique problem since they have never had to freaking close before. Caesar's Palace closes their doors and it's like, shit, we don't have locks. None of these doors have locks. We have never <laughs> closed before and never thought we would have to. We need a locksmith. All of these casinos had no locks. That is amazing. Um, blown away by that and it's that sort of little detail that i'm worried is just gonna like disappear because we're so worried about the dead bodies and everything that like that like damn uh i don't want people to 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 forget this you know i i, I that is right up there for me in its like it should have been so obvious and yet wasn't sort of a thing that is right up there with the only real Y2K bug Y2K bug that actually was. And that was people who had 19 chiseled into their tombstones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, I feel that like history books, when they write the story of, of, coronavirus and all of that that they'll focus on 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 the the massive important things but i don't want people to forget the little tiny details you know yes and one tiny detail is the fact that yeah all casinos had no locks if you were a locksmith in in vegas then then that was the that was the big the, that was your moment you know yes it is that was, that was your moment that was your time to shine and so that's it for Steve's historic approximations this time around. Next week, we will be talking about the, about the sad, tragic story of the X-Men movie, The New Mutants, a movie that has had more release dates than... than uh, who played Cleopatra? Who am I thinking of? Uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Then Elizabeth Taylor had husbands. <laughs> the fact that I forgot her name kind of ruins it, but still, you understand what I'm trying to say. So that's next week. Be sure and join us next week for more Steve's Historic Approximations. No, no, we haven't. We haven't gone on a break yet. We haven't gone on a break yet. I'm just finishing the segment, and then I'm transitioning into the break. And cut on, oh, you just missed the play. Bunny was amazing. Yeah? Bunny was amazing. I got some of it on video.
he he was blown away. He cried a little bit because yes, he wrote it so well. It was Oscar. No way. Tony. Tony Award winning. It's Tony Award winning. Yeah, it's Tony Award winning. Well, mostly I cried because I don't really have an assless pony costume. So yeah, yet that that was making me kind of choke up some. I gave mine away last week. Yeah, Jeannie just gave hers away last week. Oh man! But it was to support the church, so it was a good thing. Well, at least it went. It went to. A, at least it, you know, it's for a good cause. Yes. Bunny, we still have a movie to discuss. We also have to discuss uh, Tim Robbins, uh, Rapunzel, Emma, The Passion of the Christ. And the cartoon We Bear Bears. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. All right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. And break. You can hear his pubes growing. There was an idea. bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more so when they needed us we could fight the battles that they never could Fences and get this man a shield. Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe. But this. 
does put a smile on my face. with more of the Pope on Film. Act three, Bunny! Act three! Act three! My God, it's act three! Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for the long-awaited third act of the Pope on Film podcast, and it is said third act, wherein we finally, inoventually, which is a word coined by legendary businessman Jack Donaghy, where we finally get around to discussing our all-new, same great taste, but with half the calories, so get yours today. Movie of the week! And this week on the show, we're discussing a ridiculously low-budget film from 2019 or 2020 that basically no one saw, which I think is truly a crime, a film called VH Yes! Yes. I love this movie. I don't know if I love it yet. I, I I found it surprisingly better than it seems. If that makes Shoot. sense. Like they got Umbro's security systems. <laughs> I just love the the accurate 80s security system commercial that ends in a bloodbath. Yes. That ends with a young girl covered in blood. I yes. love that so much. That was the first bit that really caught my attention. I also love the man and woman who are doing a home shopping show where they're divorced and that keeps seeping into the things that they're selling. Yes. And who Which is he? He is somebody. related. Oh, that's Thomas Lennon. He starred in MTV's The State and then moved on to so many other things. Reno 911, uh, other things. He's a screenwriter, too. And, and Oh, yeah, he's all over the place. I love Thomas Lennon. He wrote the first two Night at the Museum movies, which were pretty good. Yeah. He was in the second one. And he's basically the brainchild behind Reno 911, which is now, which now has all new episodes on Quibi. And even though I love Reno 911 and I love the state, you're not getting me to get Quibi. <laughs> I know no one who has Quibi. I don't see a re- no Quibi. Was he the need- was he the gay officer with the mustache? Yes, that was him. And the incredibly short shorts. Yes. Yeah, that was him. Okay. And then uh, the the painting show, Painting with Joan. Yes. Yeah, that was another woman from Reno 911. That was really? sort of the, the yeah, that was sort of, that was like the crazy one. There was the black one and then there was the slutty one and then there was the other one. 
when okay. it comes to the women in Reno 911. And she was the other one. And I loved her in that. So, so Bunny. Yes. Uh, let me try and explain why this movie is so important to me. I used to see, this seems like so long ago now, a long, long time ago, in the before time. Yes. I used to see three movies a week. Three movies a week. Every week. That's a lot of movies. That's a goddamn shit ton of movies. Basically, my second home was a movie theater seat. Yes. What I'm trying to say, I saw a lot of movies. A lot. From December 2018 to March 2020, I saw two to three movies every single week. Almost always three movies a week. Sometimes two movies a week. And, and, and that was it. My last movie in a theater was on March 15th when I saw the controversial movie The Hunt which I truly enjoyed. But then, because I have severe chronic asthma and that puts me at a very high risk, I am Rapunzel in my house. And I complain about it, but also I know it's for the best so that I, you know, live through this. But uh, I got Rapunzel in my house and all the movie theaters in America shut down. And honestly, I feel stupid saying this. But I feel like I lost a part of me. Yeah. Especially since I learned from this seemingly endless quarantine. I learned that the act of going to a movie theater is exactly what helped me focus on the movie. Because now that I'm home, I have a hard as fuck time trying to focus on movies. Yeah. At home, I, I I have a hard time focusing on movies. Uh, I can hardly focus on movies to save my goddamn life at home. I just I, I can barely focus on movies at home, and it's crazy because at this moment on my computer, I own all of these brand new movies, movies that I ha- haven't seen, movies that I was supposed to see in a theater. Uh, Batista's My Spy. Uh-huh. Uh. The the Eric Andre movie, Bad Trip, uh, How to Build a Girl, starring the short uh, class president one from Booksmart. Okay. Uh, Emma, which I was kind of excited to see because yeah, it was a Jane Austen story, but it was it, it had it has like a weird modern bizarre non sequitur sort of twist to it. Like it, like it, it's a, it's a tongue in cheek sort of take on on Jane Austen, and I was excited about that. Uh, Vivarium, which is this weird science fiction film that I was excited to see in theaters. All of these movies I'm supposed to see in theaters, and then they didn't come out in theaters, so instead they come out at your home, and I just can't see them on my couch. It feels, and again, I feel weird saying this. It feels like I would be cheating on my movie theater. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, it makes sense, but it's a little weird. Yeah. It's just, I I was so excited. Like, after the hunt, I was going to go and see Emma, and I was all excited to get some popcorn and sneak in some, like, edibles and sit down and relax, drink a soda and watch Emma. And now it's like, oh, you can not, you can't leave your house anymore 
but here's a copy of Emma for you to watch at home. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, maybe I can sneak a soda into my living room. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same. No. That's a good point. Natasha doesn't like what people eat in the living room. And also, I have popcorn here. I have a lot of popcorn. Shut up! It isn't the same. Don't you don't don't you don't you don't you throw that in my don't, face? Don't theater shame him. Don't theater shame me. Don't you judge me. Don't you put that curse on me, Ricky Bobby. So I've been in a movie rut lately and I've, I, I'm just collecting all of these new movies that I'm never going to watch. And, and I've been pissed off and I've been upset. And, and it's, I have all of these. It, I, and I and I see all of these other people and I get upset because people are like, oh, I just binge watch this. And then I binge watch this. And now I'm going to binge watch this. And it's like, I can't sit down and just watch something. Got to teach second grade to my son gotta make sure eleanor doesn't burn the freaking house down gotta take care of these crazy ass cats i got like like how i can't can't sit down and binge watch brazier is eleanor in the in the burning the house down phase no, but you never know with Eleanor. You never know. You never know with Eleanor. You just you got to keep an eye on her because you never know what she's going to do. And like, oh, I just binge watched all of the Marvel movies. And it's like, no, I also can't do that. I would like to, but I just can't do that. And then out of nowhere, I stumble upon a low-budget, quirky little comedy. And I'm like, I'll put this on. But I probably won't watch all of it. Well, number one, it's short, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. I, the other day, I saw the three-hour director's cut of Batman versus Superman, and yikes! <laughs> Jesus Christ, superstar! So I appreciate the fact that I here's this movie, and it's interesting, and it's original, and I can pop it in, and like in. 72 minutes it's done like i appreciate that thank you and i just immediately fell in love with this weird bizarre little movie and it's gotten me out of my rut and i'm really excited about that i i'm i'm actually out of my rut and can watch movies now thanks to this film oh good okay you're no longer rutless yeah i'm no longer rutless and I'm psyched about that. So that's that's VH yes to me. It, it got me out of my it got me out of my uh, v, VHS is how Steve got his groove back. Yes. Just like how Stella got her groove back. Basically, Bunny, it, the way that I see this is that this is just a cleverly done modern day Kentucky Fried movie. Or like, or like an artsy the groove tube. Yes. Or Amazon Women on the Moon. Or like a modern day Putney Swope. Or or basically basically twenty twenties Passion of the Christ. 
But really, any one of those movies you mentioned had more of a budget than this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this, as far as I can tell, this movie was made solely with a small amount of money that the, that the director got from Kickstarter. And also, they didn't need a lot of budget because this movie was entirely filmed on VHS and beta tape. The entire film was shot entirely on VHS and beta, which is awesome. Not surprised at that. Yeah. Yeah, but really, how else else would you do that? Yeah, yeah. But then the thing that I also appreciate this film because it's like a weird, bizarre, quirky comedy and and this. But also near the end, it gets kind of (laughs) creepy. Near the end, near the end of this film, it it becomes a sort of it's got like a Blair Witch Project vibe to it. I dig that, you know. So Uh, funny. I was missing that vibe. Oh, it, it, yeah, when they, when they finally go to, like, the cheerleader, to, like, the sorority house. Yeah. Near the end. That, oh, that the whole witch-burning thing? Yeah. Yeah, they burned, they burned a woman as a witch because she did a simple magic trick. Yes. I love that entire, I love that entire part. So, buddy, real easy question. Uh, the real easy question that I, that I try and ask every week, what is the plot of this week's movie? What is the plot of this week's movie? Did this movie necessarily have a plot or was it just a series of skits? Basically. It it has a plot. Uh, a young boy in 1987 gets a, VHS camcorder and doesn't realize that he tapes over his family's, his uh, parents' wedding video. I will say one thing that I don't like about this is that this is a period piece movie and everybody looks like they're in 1987 and this looks very 1987 and the TV shows that this kid records from his cable box at home all look very 1987. But every time the mom shows up, she looks way too 2020. <laughs> like yeah. everyone looks like they could have come straight from 1987. But the goddamn mom is just so 2020 handsome, like hot. Yeah. Modern day. And like, so every time that, that the mom showed up, it like, like I lost, I lost it. I'm like, wow, what a beautiful movie. What a beautiful... Oh, there's the mom. (laughs) But other than that, everything else looked pretty on the nose. I'm sure her acting coach would appreciate your critique. Huh. I'm, I'm pulling up the movie right now on my computer so I can show... Natasha, what I'm talking about. Like the mom just looked 
way too modern to be a mom on Christmas Day in 1987. But I really, I re okay. So, so this is a 2020 film or maybe 2019, depending on what website you trust. And anyway, what was all the what with all the movie theaters freaking closed down? Who can tell when a movie is released nowadays? Um, this movie had a limited run in a very small handful of theaters and only made a very small amount of money. But this isn't a big blockbuster. This is the cult film, you know. This isn't the big box office smash hit. The movie was written and directed by a guy, Jack Henry Robbins. And when you look into Jack Henry Robbins' background, a lot of things make sense. Like the fact that this is fucking Tim Robin and Susan Sarandon's freaking son. Yeah. That makes sense all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the both of them were in this goddamn movie. I was wondering, like, like, wow, what an amazing movie. What an amazing fucking Susan Sarandon's in this. <laughs> Yeah, we we yeah, were thinking yeah. some kind of a relative. And then Tim Robbins is in this too, but he's virtually he's virtually unrecognizable in his role. Did you see him in this movie? Tim Robbins? No. Yeah. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait. Was... No, wasn't he the? Uh... <sighs> but, yeah, he's the old that. man who's the the guy who was investigated. Yeah, you got it first. Thank drama. you. Yeah, he he. He was he's the guy who's being investigated in the cop drama clip. Yeah. Now, that's what I was forward, thinking. Yeah. We're getting close, I can feel it. Now fast forward over the part where I explain how I will enact my revenge. Yeah, that guy. This has a really good cast for a cheaply made VHS film, and a large portion of that is that this is Susan Sarandon's freaking son. But Beyond Mom Tim Robbins and uh, Dad Tim Robbins and Mom Susan Sarandon, it's got two cast members from the state in Reno 911. That's uh, uh, great. It's got the energy vampire from the TV series What We Do in the Shadows, which is a surprisingly good show. It's on its <laughs> second, it's near the end of its second season right now. And it's really good. I was worried when I heard that they were making a U.S. version of the New Zealand film, What We Do in the Shadows. But then I heard that it was going to be written and directed that by Taiki Titi Tafiti, whatever the fuck, and uh, the guy from Flight of the Concords. And that made me feel better about the show. And I've seen all of season one, and I'm just in love with it. And then I haven't started season two yet, but I've got all of the episodes. Freaking, um, it, it's a really good show. And they, the, the vampires are sharing a house with another vampire who's a, an energy vampire. And he doesn't drink blood. He just bores people and then feeds off of the energy that he takes away from that. <laughs> and he makes a point of saying you probably work with one at work and you don't realize it <laughs> and, he's, and he's the guy at he's the guy in the office job who's just like 
So, Hank, how are you doing? Let me tell you about this weekend. So, as you know, I'm really into stamp collecting. And that's how he feeds on someone. Oh. And in this movie, he's the guy who's doing the, like, uh, appraisal show. I don't know what you yeah. want me to say. It's a, it's just a freaking chair. <laughs> it doesn't even seem to be an old chair. So I also am a big fan of actress Charlene Yee. She's an Asian woman, and she's a comedian and a writer and a musician and a voiceover actress. She's in this movie. She's the shy punk music show host who needs her parents' help hosting the show. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I love her. She's amazing. And uh, she's been popping up more in acting roles. I think I saw her last year in the movie Jexy and maybe one or two other films. But she she is just, she's a really good voiceover actress and she's been in a bunch of shows. And she is in one of my favorite animated shows right now, We Bear Bears. We bear bears. Yes. Uh, We B-E-A-R. We B-A-R-E-B-E-A-R-S. We bear bears. Okay. And it's about a brown, it's about a brown bear and a polar bear and a panda bear who are brothers and who live together in the woods. And eventually they, they find a best friend and it's this very young Asian girl who is so advanced that she's taking classes at the local college. And it's voiced by Charlene Yee, who is in this movie. And the best part is they made the character look kind of like her. So like, I, I was really excited when Charlene Yee popped up and I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> she's from We Bear Bears and Steven Universe. And that's freaking adorable. So the one person I didn't like is the mom, but I mentioned that already. She just, I, I love this movie. I love this. I love how realistic the censored porn looks. Yes. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of eighties and nineties porn. That's all <laughs> right on the money. That is all right on the money. Right before camcorders were invented, in order to make a pornographic film, you had to film it as a movie. And then suddenly in the 80s and 90s with camcorders, anyone can make one, and anyone did. And they're all crap. Yes. Like the quality went way down. And so so the, the censored porn scenes look really good. I really like the painting show. Shoot, they got Umbro's security systems. It's all very realistic. This movie is set in 1987. I was 10 years old. And back then I was raised by, by, by two people who cared a lot about me. Broadcast television and cable television. <laughs> and these two people raised me and turned me into the pop culture monster that I am today. And so... This is an accurate period piece. Plus, it's short. 
Batman versus Superman. And let me tell you something about watching Batman versus Superman. It is really, really uncomfortable to watch Batman versus Superman and be like, okay, I've, I've made fun of this movie so many times, but I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch it and I'm going to have an open mind. And maybe it's not as bad as I remember. Maybe I just need to have an open executive producer, Steve Mnuchin. <laughs> God fucking damn it. You mean that piece of shit gave us this piece of shit? <laughs> Fuck that. This is a goddamn Trump supporting fucking comic book movie. Fuck. <laughs> so, yes, it, noted piece of shit, Steve Mnuchin gave us noted shitty film, Batman v Superman, Yawn of Justice. So, Yawn. that's exciting. <laughs> I, I, I can't. All of yesterday, I kept trying to explain to my son that the called Batman v Superman, Dawn of Just Ice, because Batman doesn't want any ice in his soda. But Superman wants the sodas to be full of ice. Yes. And the entire, you know, conflict in the movie is about the ice that's why it's dawn of of uh just ice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's it and the average person no ice no ice yep. for them whether they want ice or not yeah no ice and the thing that i like is the fact that this movie is so short that like i feel more comfortable watching this than i would like a much longer film, you know, like I I can just pop this on. Yeah. And also it's not too dirty because it's cable television and, and, and you never actually see the porn. It always cuts away. So like, I, I also feel comfortable just like we're all at home and we're bored. I'll pop in VHS. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. But I love this movie. I really love this movie. And it's been a while since I've seen a new movie that I really, really like, especially since I've been like stuck at freaking home. But I really like this film, especially since I'm keeping a running tally right now, Bunny, of all of the movies that I should have seen by now. Okay. Because if movie theaters were open, I would have already seen... No Time to Die, The Lovebirds, The New Mutants, The Live Action Mulan, A Quiet Place 2, and Goddamn Black Widow! (laughs) I would have seen the Black Widow movie like three times by now! Yeah. But I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Okay, I'm very bitter. (laughs) But I'm just upset that... That 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 there are that 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 there's this block that's stopping me from watching and enjoying new films, and I feel that now that I've seen VHS and I've fallen in love with this film, that I can open myself up to some other films. I'm ready to start watching movies again. Okay, that's important. Yeah. 
So that's all I've got for VHS. It's it's cute. It's not the best movie in the world, but like, God damn it, they're just it, it's so weird that I just love it. I just it's, absolutely love it. It's cute. I think I think that's yeah. a pretty good way of describing it. It's yeah. it's not too much. It's yeah. th- there's like nothing you could really say that's actually bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It does not, what it intends to do. Yeah. I like it. It's it's funny. It's cute. It's a nice movie to just pop in and just... This is a fun little film. Yes, I agree. You know? Yeah. So, so that's all I've got for this week's film. Now, let's discuss the next week and the weeks after that. Because it's summer coming up, bunny. It's summer, and we usually try and do themed summers. And I was going to put a poll up to try and decide what movie should be done next. Should we do this film? Should we do that? Should we do this series? Should we do that series? Maybe we should do the Fast and the Furious. But then I thought, oh, wait, the new Fast and the Furious movie has been postponed until next year. Uh... Not that I'm upset about that. Bunny, let me tell you why movie theaters need to open back up, okay? Okay. Right now, due to the coronavirus pandemic, the highest grossing movie of 2020 is the fucking... is Bad Boys for Life. Oh, God. That shitty-ass fucking movie. There's no way that that would be the highest grossing movie of 2020 if Freaking movie theaters were still a thing. <laughs> this just, is true. I'm just pissed about that. So I would, so I had a number of different ideas. Maybe we could do this horror movie franchise. Maybe we could do this other horror movie franchise. Maybe Rocky. I've been itching to do the Rocky film. And then I got distracted by deciding what to do for summer. Because sadly, tragically... Fred Willard died yesterday. Yes, he did. And that really hurt me because when I really think about it, when I really think back, Fred Willard has been a thing my entire life. I remember as a child watching Fernwood tonight. I remember as a child growing up like Maxwell's age, watching real people on TV. And Fred Willard was always on there and Fred Willard was hilarious. I remember not necessarily the news. Yes. Fred Willard was on that. I remember as a child, I would stay up. I would stay up and watch Sid and Marty Croft's adult political show, which is a a weird ass sentence to say, DC Follies. Yes. You, You ever seen this show, Bunny? I remember DC Follies, yes. I didn't really yeah, watch it very much. Yeah. For, for a Croft very decided, weird reason, because I yeah. hated the spitting image Sid puppets. Said, yeah, we're gonna make we're gonna make an adult political puppet show. And like all of the different politicians in America had puppets. And oh, there's Reagan and Nixon, and they're drinking and having fun. And oh no, here comes, I don't know, Noriega. 
And then (laughs) the owner of the bar that they would all hang out at was owned by Fred Willard. And I remember Fred Willard's human face interacting with all these weird ass looking freaking rubber puppets. And it's just, God damn it. Fred Willard has just always been in my freaking life. And, and, and I, I went to the family and I'm like, you're not going to believe that Fred Willard died. And I said that to everybody and everyone said the same thing. They said, who? (laughs) Fred Willard, Fred Willard died. And they're like, who's that? And I'm like, just wait, let me Google image search this. Here's a picture. And everyone says the same thing. Oh, yeah, that guy. Because you might not know his name, but you know him because he's been in everything. Yes, he has. In goddamn everything. And then the other, and then when he died, like I, I was like, I wonder how many things he was on. And so I, I opened up IMDb and I typed in Fred Willard. And then basically my phone exploded. Because <laughs> that's how many things Fred Willard was in. It basically looking at Fred Willard's IMDB page is like, I wonder what's going to happen when I put these Mentos into this Coke. Yeah. Probably not a lot. And then Fred Willard's IMDB page exploded all over me. And here's the thing with Fred Willard. He's been in a ton of movies. He might not be the biggest role or he might star in it or he might co-star in it or he might have four lines or he might just be a voiceover actor and the movie might be great or it might be a piece of fucking shit because he was in an air bud. <laughs> he was in a goddamn air bud. But he has been in a ton of movies. And so 2020, the summer of Fred Willard. Okay. I have spent all day working on this. I have 17 Fred Willard movies. Okay. Nice. You know how fucking hard it is to find a copy of Americathon, Bunny? Americathon? Did you find real it? Fucking, real fucking hard. Yeah, I got it. Awesome. You know how hard it is to find a copy of, of uh, Bob Newhart's first family? <laughs> That was hard as shit. (laughs) Did you know they made an African-American comedy parody of Fifty Shades of Grey? And you know who's in it? Fred Willard's in it! I've got a massive list of movies. I have got 17 different movies. And I have worked really hard today tracking down. He did a riff tracks. Yeah? Didn't even know this. He did a rift tracks with Mike. They make fun of Missile to the Moon. <laughs> and like the and like and like the movie starts and immediately hears that Fred Willard voice going, okay, let's get this started. Let's get this missile to the moon. We could be done with this film in 15 minutes. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, Fred Willard, you are everywhere. So that's what we're doing. 2020, the summer of Fred Willard. We might see a movie where he's starring. We might see a movie where he's co-starring. I've never seen a Harold and Kumar movie before. This will be fun. You have not seen a Harold and Kumar movie? Haven't seen a single one. Because I wasn't into (laughs) we before. Yeah. No, 
There's Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay, and that weird Harold and Kumar Christmas movie. Yeah, but that's in 3D. It doesn't count. I can't watch it. Nah. Okay. Okay. I have that, but I can't watch it. It doesn't fucking count. Do you have the Harold and Kumar movies? Yeah. Do you have all three of them? Uh, yes, I do. Great. Then fuck it. We were gonna do a mighty wind, but I'm having a hard time uh, uploading it to my to the uh, shared cough cough. So fuck it. Next week we're doing Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Okay. 2004. Fred Willard. We are gonna we are gonna we are gonna send him off in a good freaking way. Good. You know. Good. I I, gonna... I am proud of this. Uh, th- a better way to spend the summer cannot cannot be had than honoring the death of Fred Willard. I got moving violations. I haven't seen that this century. <laughs> but when I was like, but when I was like in junior high and high school, that movie was the shit. God, I love moving violations. So excited. So excited for some of these movies. I have I've never seen America Thon all the way through. No. As a no, but as a child who was born in the 70s and was raised during the 80s, America Thon, it felt like once a once or twice a month it was on TV. Yeah. Throughout the entire 80s, America Thon was just almost always on. You you have never and seen Meatloaf fight a car? No, I have. I I've seen bits and pieces of it throughout the years, but I never sat down and watched it. I know what it's about. I know that Jack Tripper's in it. I, know, I, I believe I, he I, was president, and he lived in a station wagon. If I'm and if I'm not mistaken, I think Jay Leno fights an old person or something. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but I'm really excited for the summer of Fred Willard. Yes. We might see Wally again. Because <laughs> that's that's one of the weirdest parts. That's one of the weirdest roles he was ever in, was as the only live-action person in a completely animated Disney movie. That's really <laughs> freaking weird. Yes. And I, I I got a copy of Salem's Lot too, so so I got I've 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 got a lot here on my list. Yes, yeah, Salem's Lot I, I have, got... so I'm ready to roll with that if we're going to. Yeah, but next week Harold and Kumar go to White. I didn't see it because what that came out in 2004, and like I wasn't into weed then, and as such, I stayed away from weed comedy. So when Harold and Kumar go to White Castle came out, I was like, eh, I don't, I don't subscribe to high times. Maybe I'll sit this one out. And I always felt bad about that. And especially now that I, that I, that I do weeding, I don't know the lingo, but like now that I've got my freaking medicinal license, like, oh, sure. Oh, I'll take a few hits from from Natasha and sit down and watch Harold and Kumar. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yes. I am in the right point to do this. 
<laughs> so I'm super excited. So that's next week. Next week, we will be discussing Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Hooray! Hooray! But now that I'm looking back at this episode, oh man, the highs and the lows, VHS, Coles becoming a hotbed of the coronavirus, the animated show Close Enough, Becky Lynch is pregnant. What an exciting episode this has been. Not yes, forget it has. the amazing thing I wrote that made everyone cry. I gotta say, I think that this week has been a pretty good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I fe- I feel the same way. I share her uh, review. It's just I didn't want to step on your toes or anything like that. But yes, I, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And on behalf of Natalia... On behalf of Natasha and Maxwell and Eleanor and Bella and everybody else in the house, this is Reverend Steve. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! And you douche waffles and poopy tits! And you cakes! Thanks, Eleanor. Get it, Bob, do a while. Cut and print.